Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Action Network Podcast, the Golf Edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bed, along with, as always, my friend Peter Jennings from Fantasy Labs. And as a reminder, all odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. And uh, Pete, we're coming off a a fun week. I, I know a lot of people out there were uh, flipping back and forth. It was a pretty good NFL Sunday, but we had a pretty good week at Sherwood Country Club for the Zozo Championship looked like it was a two-man battle between JT and Rom going into the back nine, and all of a sudden they start faltering. They make a few uh, just uncharacteristic mistakes down the stretch. Patrick Cantley swoops in and takes what's basically a hometown event for him. And before we get to the Bermuda Championship, and we will get to a little Masters talk, which is coming up in just two weeks. Let's talk a little bit about what happened this week in LA. So. What's going on with you, and uh, what do you think about that back nine yesterday with Cantley taking it from JT and Rom? Yeah, lots to unpack there. Uh, it was great golf. Uh, really enjoyed watching the tournament, and yeah, I, I stupidly tweeted out a PSA that you know JT and Rom were dueling. I thought one of them was going to win for sure, uh, yeah. given where they were on the course and just kind of the scoring that we were seeing. Uh, but Patrick Cantley played unbelievable and just such a smooth swing. He just looked so relaxed and. Played great. Uh, definitely wanted, made some great putts. And, um, you know, I, I, obviously Rom and, and JT both made some uncharacteristic mistakes. Rom making a bogey on 13 from the middle of the fairway uh, was a really, really big mistake. But great golf. And uh, my comment, too, I was talking to a buddy who's like a plus five golfer who loves the game and is really into it. Uh, he won the Colorado four ball and like really, really good, you know, amateur golfer. And, uh, you know, you go out there with something like that and then, and, and players of his caliber and they go out and shoot a 67 or whatever. And you're like, Oh, that's really impressive. You get these PGA tour players on like, that course isn't like super easy. It's easy for a PGA tour course, but no wind, no nothing. You start seeing, okay, these guys are going low, low, low. Like right. there's such a difference between these PGA tour guys. Uh, they've gotten so good. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited for the masters. Um, but Patrick Cantley, I mean, he's been charging. You've been more bullish on Patrick Cantley than I have. I like him. I just haven't, had him in that same top tier, but certainly has the pedigree and the talent. And with this win, um, he's going to be right in that mix. Yeah, I think Cantley's a tremendous talent, uh, as good a ball striker as just about anyone out there. And I thought it was interesting, Peter, because you're right, Sherwood, you look at it, and it played just over 7,000 yards. It's a par 72, five par fives. I thought, and I probably said it on the podcast last week, that something in the 25 under number wasn't going to be enough. I thought that's like a top five, top 10 sort of finish with just basically all the birdie opportunities there were on that golf course last weekend. I was actually surprised and a little impressed at the fact that that course bit back on the back nine. This wasn't just uh, you know a walk in the park for these guys who are used to playing much tougher golf courses. Uh, and that's why I thought JT and Rom leading by, I believe it was two, they were tied going to the back nine, I, I just didn't think that um, that they would move backwards. I thought someone would have to chase them down. I just didn't think anybody else had the firepower, but they did indeed kind of start spinning their wheels a little bit there. JT, uh, in particular, there were a few times where I stood up and yelled at the TV 
with nobody else in the room, just going, what are you doing? Like, I just didn't understand some of the decision-making from JT. And um, I don't know if it's better or worse for him in the long term and, and moving ahead to the Masters that that was less physical and technical errors than it was just mental errors down the stretch, which is very unlike Justin Thomas. Yeah, I'm such a fan of JT. And, you know, he's trying to hole out and the mics are on him and he's just great. He's talking about like, oh, by the grace of God, please help me hold this out. And then he puts it to like three feet and he's like, man, that sucks. Like just he <laughs> wants to win so bad. And um, I was rooting against JT, which it stinks because he's probably my favorite golfer. I, mm-hmm. I like J- JT and Morikawa. I've consistently said are like my two favorite guys out there. I love JT on Twitter and just the kind of personality that he is. But I had a big outright on Rom, needed Rom for – basically everything so I was fading him and I wasn't too worried about Cantlay because you're right they were two up and they had a lot of good holes in front of them that they could score on and you know they just kind of imploded um so it was a great tournament though we got to see a lot of the best in the world uh my biggest there's two huge notes that I have for the Masters and let's let's definitely get into the Masters here yes there's two guys I think are really starting to trend uh one less so but I'm at least minorly minorly intrigued the first guy is Bubba Watson uh, we talked about how he led Tita Green uh, at Shadow Creek um, and looked really, really good again. The putter let him down, but had some ridiculous rounds. I think Saturday he shot like a 62 or 63. I could be wrong on that. But he had, he had one really, really low round either on mm-hmm. Friday or Saturday, uh, and his ball striking was incredible again, and his putter let him down. So I'm really interested in Bubba for the Masters. And Jordan Spieth actually played somewhat well. Mm-hmm. Somewhat well. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm like – really ready to go on speed, but if there's one place where he can just find the magic, it wouldn't shock me if he found the magic at Augusta. Uh, What are your thoughts on those two and and your thoughts going into the masters? Well, I will say I'm more bullish on Bubba than I am Jordan, but yeah, Yeah, I'm sort of feeling what you're saying about Jordan. I I think that we're, you know, I'm not ready to go all in chips across the table on Jordan just yet, but Um, there is some sign of promise moving forward, and and that's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for the game. I think it'll be nice Even to have Jordan got, like, back in the Made the, the cut and was like played decently. I'm not like I don't think he's going to win, but yeah. it wouldn't shock me if he had like you know oh Jordan Spieth's top five going into the weekend, like something like that. It would just be fun to see him play well again. I think it'd be great for the game of golf, and he played pretty well. Like the stats are slowly improving, and you know there's a really ugly stretch here uh, recently, and. Hopefully he's found something. I thought it was cool to hear him talk about his dad being on the bag. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, Bubba has a real chance to win. Yeah, it's a shame. By the way, heart goes out to Michael Greller and his family losing uh, his mother yeah. uh, this past week after losing his dad about a year ago. Spoke to him after that. And um, I got to meet his parents uh, when they won the 2015, I believe it was, U.S. Open out in uh, Washington State, Chambers Bay, where uh, Michael incidentally got married. And so... That was a great story and uh, got to know his parents pretty well there. Michael stayed with me at my house and everything like that. So uh, hopefully he will be back on the bag for Augusta in a few weeks. But um, getting to some of the other players, and we said this a few weeks ago, we said, look, uh, Shadow Creek and Sherwood are going to be sort of the litmus test. This is going to be like, hey, let's separate the contenders from the pretenders going towards Augusta because we really don't have many of those guys in the field of the Bermuda Championship this week, which we'll get to pretty soon. We might have a few more of them in the field at Houston next week, but I, I still don't know that I, you're necessarily going to find something at Houston and bring that to Augusta. So I think what we know, the form that we know right now is basically what we're going to get 
at Augusta. And, you know, I, I think some of the big names have obviously shown their stuff over the last couple of weeks. Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, we've talked about them. Xander Shoffley, who was runner-up two weeks ago and then had a really nice Sunday this past week. Rory McIlroy, I have absolutely no idea what to do oh. with right now because he was dead last in the field in strokes gained tee to green on Thursday at Sherwood. You're breaking clubs over his knee. We're like, what? what's going on? I mean, it's just – uh, is this like the start of a major slump for Rory? Hasn't played his best golf in a long time. And then the next three rounds, he plays great golf and, you know, shoots up the leaderboard. Now it's like, maybe. And if you look at the odds board for the Masters and things may change over the next, oh, 13 days or so. But um, but Rory is going, as of right now, uh, ahead on the odds board of uh, Justin Thomas and John Robb. And that to me is... Very surprising. I did not expect to see Rory as the second name on the board right now. So, um, or third name, wherever he is uh, in relation to Dustin. So, yeah. Um, He's yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. Spot. Yeah, it's Rory's the most confusing one. He's been the guy I've lost the most money on during the COVID swing. And yeah, after I saw his round Thursday, I'm like, maybe this will just make it easy because current form is so critical. We've talked a lot about that. We'll do so much digging into the Masters, uh, you know, as we approach it. But uh, I don't know what to do with Rory. <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I, I'm so I'm intrigued because he hits the ball so far and his good golf looks so good. And he's been hit last year in the 2019 the season. Perfect he was so good. golf course for him. I, I mean, know. you couldn't build a better golf course for Rory McIlroy where you exactly. can hit draws all over the golf course, uh, you know, hit high iron shots. I mean, it's just, it's built for Rory. It, it honestly is. And maybe if it wasn't the masters and held so much weight to it and it was the last leg of the career grand slam that he needed. Maybe he would have won there three times. I mean, if you, uh, if you played the Honda classic every year at Augusta national, right. if that makes sense, and it wasn't such a big event, he would just go there and win that thing by six every year. But um, obviously it means so much more to him. And, you know, you, you tend to factor in not just all of the analytics, all of the data, but the human element of what it would mean for him to go win a masters and, how much he's trying to go in. And, you know, sometimes you just, you have to not try as hard if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, no, I trust me. I, I don't know why Rory hasn't won there. It makes no sense. And he's, he's the one I'm struggling the most. Bubba stock skyrocketing, Justin mm-hmm. Rose starting to trend a little bit, which is, is an it? interesting one. Um, Jordan, but yeah, it's those other names that we know. And yeah, Louis Oosthuizen's played pretty well recently. Like, I'm just looking through the list. I'm like, what? You can make a lot of arguments. We haven't even talked about Bryson, who's posting, you know, crazy ball speeds, 400-yard carry plus, like, and he's the the favorite right now. So uh, if you had to pick one golfer right now, would you do it? You know, you get one guy. It doesn't matter the price. You just get one guy to pick. Who would you take? <sighs> it doesn't matter the price. Boy, that's – You just get one golfer. I guess I'm taking Justin Thomas, but Patrick Reed poses a really strong argument for me. Yeah, we haven't mentioned his Reed. name yet either, but Patrick Reed is right there for me. I, I think well. he is trending in the right direction. Okay, so Peter, I'm going to give you some stats, and I'm going to give the listeners out there some stats because I wrote this piece earlier today. It's not going to be released for another week or so, maybe two weeks, um, but I want to just kind of get it done, get it get it out of the way a little bit. It might change just a little bit, but um, what I can tell you is, and, and it's based on something you just said, it's that 
players have to be informed coming to Augusta National. You don't just drive down Magnolia Lane and all of a sudden find your game. You can't dig it out of the dirt on the Augusta National driving range on Wednesday afternoon. It's either you got it or you ain't got it, and it's not going to work for you. So based on that, I went back and looked at the last 10 champions of the Masters, and I looked at their four previous starts going into that week, and I looked at their pre-tournament odds. In the last 10, we have not had a pre-tournament favorite win the Masters. We've had two guys that were second on the board. That was Phil in 2010, Jordan in 2015. The highest number we had was 100 to 1. That was Schwartzel in 2011. So I kind of looked at those numbers, and if you take out the outliers, the average odds for those players, anywhere from 27 to 1 to 33 to 1. And there's right now, as we talk, there are seven players in that range. So bear with me here because this is going to get pretty good. So then I looked at the four previous starts, enough to get sort of a sample size going into each year's Masters without going back five or six months. So I, I thought four was a nice even number. Of that, so we have 10 winners, four starts for each of them. That's 40 starts. Of those 40 starts, there were two wins. Bubba in 2014 had one. Jordan in 2015 had one. Other than that, guys who have won the Masters, it's not like they're winning at a big clip going into it. They're sort of peaking in the right direction. They're trending, but they're not quite there yet. That said, of those 40 starts, not one of them was outside the top 50. So all of them basically are playing good golf and moving in the right direction going into this. So I then looked at the odds. I looked at the average results and I found four players who are right in line with this model. And it's Patrick Reed and it's Bubba Watson who have each won the Masters before. And it's Tony Finau and Webb Simpson, each of whom tied for fifth place last year. What do you think of those four names? And that's a really long-winded way to get around. That. No, that's fantastic. Uh, very bullish on Reed and Bubba. Uh, and Finau, I want to see win. So, yeah, Webb, Webb is a tricky one for me. I'm normally just a, a little low. I mean, I think he's awesome. Like, he's great. I, you know, consistently have him at the top of the field. I just mm-hmm. show a little more value on guys like Rom and Rory. So, I haven't had as much exposure to Webb, but certainly could do it. I mean, he the one, the one thing Webb could go out and do is win that tournament putting. So, and normally it's actually not a putt. Like, you have to putt the short putts well, but, like, Augusta actually normally doesn't reward putting as much, which mm-hmm. sounds weird because you ha- you have to avoid the three putts. It's just that there's a lot of two putts. So yes. it's kind of a weird, putting is a weird one. Um, and, you know, Jordan Spieth and you know, obviously the guys who end up winning putt well. But historically, if you look at predictive stats, it's like it's three putt avoidance more than it is like the guys who can just go out and putt lights out normally. Webb to me is the high floor kind of guy. Yeah. He's the kind of guy, okay, I've got DFS lineup. I really like it. I've got room for a, another high-priced guy, and I just I don't want someone who's going to kill me here. You know, I don't necessarily need the winner, but I want a guy who's going to finish in the top 10. That's Webb. That's Webb Simpson right there. Old, yeah. reliable, just kind of do your thing. But you're right. Finau is a guy with such tremendous upside that at some point it's going to happen for him, and he loves playing Augusta. And then He's uh, played yeah, well there, too. Yeah, and Reed and Bubba, uh, you know, guys that have done it there before. And – I want to get into something you said about Bryson because, of course, everyone's going to be talking about Bryson. He's going to be the pre-tournament favorite coming off his U.S. Open victory recently. And so I would like to remind everyone, and, and this is not this is not me criticizing Bryson. I think what Bryson is doing is awesome. I respect the hell out of Bryson. 
I think that he's chasing speed, chasing distance, and he's doing it the right way. And I think it makes sense for his game because Bryson from 60 yards from the green is better than Bryson from 120 from the green. That said, I'm not so sure that Bryson 60 yards from the green is better than JT or Rom or Rory 120 from the green. And so I understand Bryson doing that for himself, but I don't know if that makes him more valuable as an asset at Augusta than the other players. And I say this because what everyone seems to be forgetting in this whole Bryson debate is that Augusta National is a second shot golf course. And so I'm not sure it matters all that much. And maybe he will prove me wrong, but I'm not sure it matters if you hit it 330 or you hit it 380 if you're not hitting your wedges close to the green. And and the worst part of Bryson's game right now is that wedge play. So I'm just not confident enough in Bryson as a favorite going into the tournament that, hey, I know he's going to hit it a long way, but can he get a wedge from 60 yards closer than JT can from 120? I'm not so sure that he can on a consistent basis. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Um, and, you know, Jordan Spieth made, it was on a podcast with uh, Drew Stoltz, obviously our friend of the pod, um, and talked a lot about just kind of the landing areas that he's going to have in certain holes. And it does seem like a big advantage. And those other guys are hitting the ball a long ways too. But yeah, especially around the greens, the greens are so nuanced, which is amazing. And that's definitely not his strength, but he's working on it. He keeps getting better and um, he's played well there before too. So I certainly think he's he's right there. If I had to pick one guy, I'd still take John Rahm, who I think is the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked amazing last week as well, and just unfortunately unfortunately made that really bad bogey on 13. But, uh, yeah, I want to – we'll talk a ton of Masters. We're going to be doing a bunch of stuff here at the Action Network. Uh, we have some really cool stuff coming out at Fantasy Labs and Action Labs. NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. Before we dive into uh, the Bermuda Championship, I got five questions for you, Jason. You ready? We did this last week, and man, I thought it was really cool. I came up with the questions last week, and you said, all right, I got to get you this week. So you came up with the five questions. So I don't know what these are, and I can't wait to hear them. All right, I'm starting off with the the most wacky, gross question, but I have to do it. I posed this to, to my friend who's a huge germaphobe, and I'm just, 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 I don't know this about you, so I'm just trying to get a gauge. How much would you have to be paid to lick a public bathroom toilet seat? What's the number? Like 50 bucks. Uh, I'm pretty 50 easy. bucks. I need the money. No, I'm kidding. I, I, it would not be as high as it probably would be for some people. I would say that much. 10,000 a slam dunk. 10,000 slam dunk. Yeah. You're sitting there with a the cash in your hand. You take five grand out of your wallet and you say, here, lick that right there. If you did it in Vegas, you'd probably do it for sure for the, you know, just the, the cash. Yeah, probably. I guess so. 
You brush your teeth, takes away everything, whatever. Okay. I got two golf questions. I'm going to do a golf question now. You've been bullish on this guy. I I love his game. Um, I just am a bigger believer in Rom and JT and whatnot. But do you think Patrick Cantley will be number one in the world at any point in time? I think he has the talent to become number one in the world. I liken him, though, to Martin Keimer. I spent some time with Martin Keimer when he was number one in the world. And Martin was and still is, uh, the nicest guy ever. I mean, just a really good guy to hang out with. Martin never really understood why when he was eighth in the world, you know, he'd go about his business and do some interviews after the round. That was about it. And then he became number one in the world, and everyone wanted his opinion on politics, on sports, on social issues, and he couldn't go anywhere without a camera in his face and microphones everywhere. He's like, whoa, what is – and he's a pretty private kind of personal guy. And so I always got the sense that he didn't really on the inside want to maintain that number one status for a long time because his life was a whole lot better when he was eighth in the world instead. And quite frankly, I'm not saying that he'd rather be a thousandth in the world, but eighth in the world, you're still getting into all the tournaments you want to get into. You're still making all the money. You're still doing everything that you want to do in your career. I look at Patrick Cantley in the same way. Patrick Cantley is much like many other professional golfers in that He's a shy, introverted kid who I'm guessing when he grew up, you know, sort of gravitated towards golf because, hey, it's a singular pursuit. I don't have to interact with the other kids. I don't have to be on the team and I can go to the back of the range and do my thing. And all of a sudden he got really good. And then he went to college and he got even better. Then he turned professional and got even better. And now he's one of the best players in the world. And we stick a camera and a microphone in his face and we say, all right, tell us a joke. Say something funny. Be charismatic, and it's just not his personality. And I don't think that his game is going to hold him back, but I wonder if something internally will keep him from wanting to be number one in the world if it means that he's going to live under that spotlight. And so we will find out in a couple of weeks. If Patrick Cantley can parlay that Zozo win into a Masters win, all of a sudden it's not just me and you and guys who are in the the golf world who are talking about Patrick Cantley, but if the today show calls and they want to have the masters champion on, it's Patrick Cantley. And he just doesn't have a whole lot to say. All of a sudden there's going to be a huge spotlight on him. And I want to see how he deals with it. If, and when that time comes. So that's my answer. Amazing golfer has all the tools. Uh, I think the biggest challenge is he's got Bryson, JT, Rom, Morikawa, Neiman, Wolf. I mean, it's just, Golf is in a better place than it's ever been. There's so many good young players, but uh, love Cantlay, and he's got a great story. All right, pick one Super Bowl winner right now. Who are you taking? I am taking You got one team right now. Baltimore Ravens. Like it. I actually kind of like that Steelers in that division a little bit too, and Tampa Bay. There's there's a lot of Seahawks. It would probably be Baltimore-Tampa right now for me. Um, I just feel like Baltimore, they're on they're on the same trajectory with Lamar Jackson, what, in his third year now? Or his uh, fourth year. Third, third year, year I, think. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Just the same trajectory that Mahomes was on with the Chiefs last year. And I think they're sort of paralleling each other. And I think the Ravens, I, their defense is really good. The offense is good enough with Lamar and Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown's been better. So uh, give me the Ravens uh, in a win over the Bucks. Okay. All right. If you could invest in one, there's the, all these golf sports cards are, are getting released into the market and sports cards have just boomed. Yeah. If you can invest in one golf or sports card, the player is ne- cannot have ever been in the top 10. Who would it be? So the player cannot have been in the top 10 yet. 
Uh, who would it be? This is the easiest question in the world. And you won't get the answer. That I'm Taurus? Not even close. It's a smash play. Neiman? No, not even close. Smash. Uh, I'm lost. Charlie Woods. Charlie Woods. Yeah, that's Give me as button. many Charlie Woods cards as you can get right now. I'm going to keep all them in mint uh, that's condition. That's a sharp, sharp answer. Really Under sharp wraps answer. right now. And those are the cards that are going to be worth something 20, 30, 40 years from now. Okay. That's just, that's that. That is outside the box. All right. Selfish question, but I think it's good. Maybe it will help uh, some of our listeners. Jason, you're one of the nicest guys I know. Uh, admire you just as a person. Oh boy. I have a, a baby girl on the way, hopefully. Uh, my wife's 21 weeks pregnant. So best dad advice you can give. Quick, just oh quick, my, quick dad advice. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, just be there. And, and you yeah. will be. Enjoy the kid. There's no one secret that, you know, I'm not going to tell you one thing. Oh, that's that's it right there. That's the one thing. Be right. there is a really good answer, I think. I, I guess my best advice as a father is don't let your kids lick a bathroom toilet for anything <laughs> less than five figures. How's that? That's great. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. All right, let's get into the Bermuda Championship a little bit, um, and we're going to make our ultimate DFS lineup in a few minutes here. But um, these are the kind of weeks you and I talk about it all the time that, okay, we don't have the star power of the last two weeks, and you know, only one player going from the Zozo to Bermuda, and that's the defending champion, Brendan Todd. Um, but you look at it, and a lot of really good young players, a lot of intriguing stories. Um, let's take a look at the top tier. Uh, for the second time in a month, a guy with no PGA Tour status is the favorite in the field in Will Zalatoris. Do you think that's the right number? Is he the right favorite to have this week? I think he's probably the most likely to win. Mm. I don't know if I'd say he's the, you know, in a matchup, I wouldn't have him as the favorite, but I think he's he's probably got the best win equity. So I do think it's right. Um, I love these weeks. I think there's a lot of value these weeks. And, uh, you know, the guy, I guess there's two guys I think are worth mentioning. Brendan Todd certainly has played the best golf, I guess. I mean, Zal Torres has just mm. destroyed the the corn fair. But if you look at the calendar year, last last season, Brendan Todd had a great year. What do you think? Do you point, know? Yeah, the one point I'll make on Todd is that he's been very streaky. So last very year, streaky. he was coming off nothing. He was in golf purgatory, won this tournament last year, won the Mayakoba two weeks later, and nearly won the RSM the week after that. Yeah, And then sort of fell off the base. We didn't see anything from him until this past summer when all of a sudden it seemed like he was in the lead or near the lead every single event and then just sort of blew up on Sunday every single week. But he was at least there. Well, over the last two events, Todd has not finished in the top 40. And so I think he's one of these guys that's a momentum player and the momentum is not there right now. Uh, Now, maybe it's a, a nice little boost for him to think of himself as, not just the defending champion, but one of the best players in the field, which he wasn't necessarily the last couple of weeks. But I still, uh, honestly, if if there's one fade for me this week, it's Brendan Todd. 
Okay, I'm not on Brendan Todd. My favorite play in this week, who's the opposite of those two. I don't think he has the most win equity, but I'd take him in a matchup versus anyone as Harold Varner. So yeah, I knew that I'm too. always on Harold Varner. He's amazing off the tee, super consistent, doesn't putt at the best, but I mean, he's been really, really good. He's 22 to one on bet MGM. Uh, and then we get to a lot of guys that we really like. Um, I want to talk about Emiliano Grion and Aaron Wise, but uh, who do you like in this top tier? Okay, so if I could have guessed that you were going Varner, you can guess that I am going... Doc Redman. There you go. That's my guy. And I I almost didn't do it this week just because I feel like I've talked about him so much, but this is, this is right up his alley. Him. This yeah. is it. Uh, and I would, by the way, I, I look at corollary events and courses being uh, the Sanderson Farms and even more so the Corrales Punta Cana event. So a lot of the guys that I'm going to mention over the next few minutes are guys who played well in those events. And Doc is certainly among them. Putts well on Bermuda grass, which, by the way, they have Bermuda grass and Bermuda greens in Bermuda, in case anyone out there was wondering and and they weren't sure about that. So uh, they are on Bermuda this week in Bermuda. And, uh, yeah, I think Doc Redmond's a a great play. He is my – Probably my favorite outright. I've got one in the mid-tier that at his number could be maybe even more of a favorite, but I really like Doc Redman. If you're giving me just sort of one guy to take at any number, Doc's my guy this week. Okay, I like that. Aaron Wise, crazy is at the top of the board. The guy's cost me more money than anyone, but <laughs> starting to play some good golf, big pedigree. Oh, jumping back on Wise, huh? I mean, not necessarily in betting, but for DFS. I mean, I think Aaron Wise, you, gotta, you have to consider a birdie-making machine, starting yeah. to play better. Uh, has done well in these weaker fields. Then Emiliano Grio, I mean, talk about a guy who just has to be so frustrated when he gets on the greens. Just imagine hitting it as pure as Grio does and just like getting beat by the guy who's like slapping it around the trees, like not hitting it nearly as cleanly and then like draining putts and you're just missing eight to 10 footers over and over and over again. Uh, well, that's you Emiliano and I have talked about this. We like looking at the analytics and like looking at the guys who are the best ball strikers and think oh. that's more predictive than putting, which – uh, the numbers show that's absolutely true. That said, when you do that and it comes up with Emiliano Grillo and you throw him in some DFS lineups and you sit there and watch him make pars after having birdie butts from six feet away every hole, all of a sudden it starts to get a little frustrating after a while. Yeah, and you're banking on putting regression. And the problem for Emiliano Grillo is the putting regression just really has never come. Yeah. 2020, 192nd in strokes gained putting, losing 0.9 strokes putting. 2019, 185th, losing 0.633 strokes gained putting. 2018, he had a decent year putting. Beer before that, real bad, 142nd, losing a bunch of strokes putting. So it's tough. He had the one year where he was actually 10th in putting. That was 2018. Um, Not as many rounds. Lucky. So I, it's possible for him to putt well, but the last two years he's basically been right there as like the worst putter on tour. So, you know, of that top tier, I don't mind Denny McCarthy, who's been the best putter on tour the the last two seasons. I mean, Uh, can we throw them together? So can we we sort of have a Grio McCarthy scramble and just go, you know, shooting 58s every day? If you let Grio get to the green and McCarthy putt, I think that player is probably as good or maybe yeah, right there with John Rom. I mean, like literally wow. like right there with John Rom. Seriously. I would love to see that. How I mean, who do you, we're excited who do you for think? the match Rom? coming up. Phil, Phil, Phil and Charles Barkley, that's going to be fun. And we got Curry and Manning in there. That's going to be cool. It, this is for the golf nerds only, but John Rom or Justin Thomas or Bryson or whoever you want to do, 
against playing by themselves against Grio hitting his ball to the green and then McCarthy hitting every putt. <laughs> that would I'd pay twenty bucks for the pay per view of that event. I'll play. I it mean, dude, I Cheetah Green. Griot in 2019, 15th. 20, 2020, 24th. I mean, so far this year, he's right up there. I mean, he is, and you talk about his approach game. I mean, he is as good of a ball striker. And McCarthy is out there because he's the best putter. I mean, McCarthy's starting to play some good golf, but leading the tour and strokes game putting two years in a row, that is not easy to do. He is the best putter out there. Um, So that would be be really interesting. And I I like both those guys. I mean, you can make arguments for them. It's just all about value. Um, and, I, and I think Rio has a lot of value and I'll transition to kind of the top of the mid tier, maybe the bottom of this tier. Another guy I'm definitely on is Luke list, uh, who I, I think is going to really, really good golf struggles with the putter too, but he's got some serious firepower and, uh, you know, he, th- these are the type of the fields where I think he goes out there and he's like, I can beat all these guys. I could have told all our listeners out there. We, and we could have done this to each other, but, I, I knew you had Varner. I knew you had Wise. I knew you had List this week. I, I mean, it's just I knew exactly where you were There's going. Another guy that I have in the mid tier that you that you know I'll, I'll like. There's a couple guys. Mm, Bud Cauley's not playing this week. Uh, There's a guy we always talk about that I like. Guy we always Jonathan Vegas. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I got some mid-tier guys for you. These guys maybe, maybe sort of Tell lower upper play. tier. Let me see if I can guess your favorite play. Oh, yeah. I, I've got one play. I don't think you're going to be able to guess this. And, and we really haven't talked about why he's one of my favorite plays. Is it Sue or Suh? I, I like him. He's on the list. Justin Suh. Justin Suh. Love for top 20s, maybe top 10s this week. All right. Before, before you even start to guess, I'm going to point this out. So on Thursday, and, and Grant, we're taping this Monday night, and so the forecast can change. We all get that. But as of right now, Thursday, eh, you know, a little breeze coming through about 13 miles an hour, the gust by Friday. And this is going to be very important for DFS purposes as well as betting, but uh, increasing winds, which tells me that maybe late Thursday, early Friday draw is going to be a huge advantage, but increasing wind on Friday, gusting to over 30 miles an hour, Saturday, 24 Sunday up over 30 once again. And so I'm looking for a guy who's a good win player. And I may have a guy who uh, you put Tiger in this equation, you put Gary Woodland in this equation, but the guy that I like perhaps more than anybody else in this field might have the best stinger of anybody in professional golf. I should be able to get this. I was thinking Russell Knox before you were saying all that stuff. Best stinger. Best stinger. How do I not know this? I mean, Spencer keeps the ball low, but I don't uh, think he does. But go on YouTube at some point. This is a little under the radar, I guess. But if you go on YouTube and type in Scott Stallings stinger. Oh, I have seen that. I like that. He can rip it. He keeps it a yard above ground. Yeah. That's and awesome. just absolutely rips. It's the point where I believe Tiger at some point, like commented on one of his videos, like, dude, that was awesome. And Tiger is sort of the purveyor of the stinger. So uh, Scott Stallings. Let the wind blow. He's my guy in the wind. I will tell you that um, I think he's 40, 45 to 50 to one. I found him somewhere at 70 to one, which I absolutely Classic. smashed already. So, you know, um, I love that line yeah, shopping, baby. And so, that's a really sharp point 
the the betting everything if there is a huge and again we're recording monday night if there's a weather draw that is that, that nothing gets me more excited than a weather draw that's yeah that's top of the board ahead don't of the, have the tea times as the time we're recording right now they should be out uh tuesday afternoon ish probably but uh, take a very good look at those and take a very good look at the forecast and see who might have the advantage in there. A couple other mid-tier guys, uh, I think Christopher Ventura. If you look at him, every other start he plays really well, and he's back on that every other start. The last one wasn't great, so I like Ventura. And Patrick Rogers, it seems like he's undervalued in the marketplace, undervalued in DFS, and um, I'm waiting for him to pop a little bit. Anybody in this lower tier really strike you, Pete, as a, a guy that you're looking at this week? Hudson Swafford's kind of in the mid-tier, someone worth bringing up, mm-hmm. one already. Okay. Um, Keith Mitchell has played his best golf on Bermuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, high variance, not playing his best golf, but, I mean, again, huge firepower. A lot of this yep. is just going to come down to what, you know, who gets the good side of the draw. So those are guys that, that I'm definitely looking at. Um, as you start to get down, it gets tricky. I mean, you could fire on, like, Will Gordon on the upside thing, too. He hasn't been playing his best, but we've seen some really good golf out of really him. Really depressed value right now. I mean, he's, yeah. he's down there. So when you start looking at these bottom guys, it's like you kind of go for that. I mean, I was all over Von Taylor for a stretch. I don't know if I can pull the trigger. Uh, I'm waiting for Jamie Lovemark to have that one good week. So it's all of our the friends yeah. of the pod are always talking him up. Um, but, yeah, it, it gets a little tricky because you start getting into these names and there's not – I like this, like, mid-tier, bottom mid-tier a ton. And then as you get into the long shots, that's I'm probably going to be staying away from most of those guys. I'm going to give you four names that are lower priced. Uh, Hank Lebiosa. I believe it's pronounced Lebiosa. Someone can tweet me and tell me if I'm doing that wrong. There's a D in there, but I believe it's an S sound. Uh, Hank Lebiosa was third at this tournament last year in the inaugural Bermuda Championship. And at both the Corrales and I believe the Sanderson, uh, like I said, correlating events, played pretty well uh, just recently. So I like him. Doug Gim was a really good player coming out of Texas. Yep. And to sort of eh, struggle just a little bit to get his footing, but some recent results really strong. Uh, Tyler McCumber is an all or nothing type of guy. And so you look at Tyler McCumber and you say, okay, he was second at the Corrales and sixth at the Sanderson, but it was sandwiched by a couple of finishes where he missed the cut by a mile. So uh, tread carefully. There is a low floor, but a potentially high ceiling for McCumber. And then Josh Teeter. Josh Teeter, if he gets that putter, even just average, he's a really good ball striker at a really low price if you're looking to just sort of slide somebody in that lineup. If you really like Zalatoris and a couple other guys that are higher priced, then uh, look at Josh Teeter maybe towards the bottom of that. All right. I like those names. Gim in particular was someone I almost brought up too. But, uh, and I'll, I'll throw out one name that just for the, the fun of it, just if you want to have fun, the Rat is 150-1, to Affy Barn Rat. I don't know if he's playing well enough for be, to be a real genuine play, but uh, if he's in this field, we got to at least shout him out. He's <laughs> one of our podcast favorites, but I'm excited to build a DFS lineup. I think there's a ton of directions to go and I love these weeks on DraftKings. All right. Well, let's get to it in just a second. First, we are extremely excited to announce that the action pods tournament of champions presented by bet MGM is now live. This is a free weekly Yahoo DFS tournament specifically for our podcast listeners, and you can join by simply clicking on the link in our episode description. The top 10 finishers each week receive a $1,000 $1, worth of Action Network prizes, and the top five each week 
punch their ticket to the wild card weekend grand finale, where they will compete for the grand prize, a Vegas trip for two valued at over $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. Again, listeners can join this tournament every week of the NFL season. Just click on the link in our episode description. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. We are going to get to our lineups here. And again, we are doing this before we have seen the tee times, before we have seen what the draws look like. And so that may factor into what you want to do this week. But um, I think there's some some very intriguing plays in here. I think this is one of those fun weeks where, hey, we're not just going to go a limited field, no-cut event like we did the last couple of weeks. We got to work at this one a little harder. So uh, you want to start off? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll go with a guy who's cost me more money than any golfer outside of maybe Rory so far in COVID swing. But Aaron Wise, 8-6 with 7 out of 21 cuts. That's not inspiring. But, but, but Aaron Wise has a ton of upside. I mean, we're talking as much upside as anyone in this field by a good margin. I quote it all the time. 2019, he made the same amount of birdies as Rory McIlroy. He is the ultimate the number one difference in terms of fantasy points scored relative to like actual performance mm-hmm. in terms of like his results, he is the best guy in that regard. And the only thing that's really been holding him back is the putter. If he can get going just even a little bit, this guy has power. He does a lot of things really well. Uh, the 2019 season, I mean, he was really, really good, uh, especially Tita Green. So Aaron Wise, Hopefully his pedigree starts to pay off. And if I don't take him this week on the pod and he goes nuts, I'm going to hate myself. All right. I mentioned Scott Stallings being one of my favorite plays. And I talked about him hitting the stinger and it's going to be windy in Bermuda. I didn't really get to sort of the meat of it though. And the meat of it is that this is a proven winner. He's got three wins on the PGA tour, including at Torrey Pines back in 2014. That was the last of those three. And the fact that he's got he's got a really high ceiling in his last 10 starts dating back to this past summer, he's got three finishes of sixth place or better. He's sort of an all or nothing guy. And if we're making a lineup and we're trying to win all or nothing, I mean, let's let's throw in you said Aaron Wise, who's basically a a low floor, high ceiling kind of guy. Scott Stallings is very much the same type of player. And so uh, you're either going for it or you're not. And we're going for it this week. So I got Scott Stallings in there as our second player. Love it. Uh, he's also a workout warrior guys yes. react and he's got it figured out in that regard. So yep. good for him. Um, all right, I'll, I'll stick with it and then I'll go with one of my standard plays. We're kind of building a more balanced lineup. Luke list, I think is uh, too cheap in DFS relative to his price uh, in the markets, 8,400 super high floor. We're just hoping that he puts decent. I mean, that's reality. Um, he's an amazing ball striker. He's done really well in the corn ferry when he's out there. And has competed uh, in kind of these fringe um, PGA Tour events, you know, similar to this event. He's had uh, some really good finishes. So I like Luke List, 8,400. Yeah, I've got no problem with that. We've got 8,400 per man to spend for the last three. And I'm going to spend up because my guy's there. The other guy that I really like, talked about him earlier. I take him all the time. This is uh, when we were on the gimme at the beginning of this PGA Tour season about a month and a half ago, and we were – uh, discussing the player who you will most likely bet the most over the next 11 or 12 months. I brought up Doc Redman's name. I said, you know, yeah. uh, I think that his his price in tournaments 
Um, a year from now is going to be half of what it is right now, especially in these bigger fields that he's going to start getting into pretty soon. I think a win is right around the corner at 10,400. I'm probably spending more than my allotment here, but I don't care. And we'll dig deep and we'll find some guys here. So I am throwing doc into the mix. We don't have to dig deep. We'll just go right to the guy that I think is great value again. Uh, especially in these events, Johnny Vegas, 7,500, which leaves you 7,300. I know there's a guy that you really like there. There's a couple guys you mentioned at 7,100, 7,000. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, I, I've got – I like that, by the way. We always like Johnny Vegas. He's a guy – I mean, we've talked about a million times on the pod. He just looks like he should be a player. I mean, he just looks like – you watch him on the range, you watch him around the greens, he looks like he should be a top 30 player in the world. And at some point, I still think he's going to be. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that you like in this range. I'll just point out I one guy I haven't talked about at all who's probably the best value on DraftKings relatively, especially if you look at like market odds, Bo Hostler, uh, who we mm. spend time with. He's only 6,900. So just not saying you should pick him, but um, pick someone else just so we don't have. But Bo Hostler is a really good value on DraftKings. I like Bo. I look at all his results, and it's – I guess he's a safe play. He, he's making cuts – He's not coming close and really contending. I mean, nothing inside the top 20 and geez, go back. I mean, it, as far as the DraftKings profile shows the game log, he has not finished in the top 20, which dates uh, back to February, but, um, but he's made just about every cut in there. So if we're looking for a guy just to make it, and sometimes you are, sometimes you're like, Hey, six guy in my lineup. I just need not you to play line. four rounds and, and that's okay. I, I'm going to go with a guy that we mentioned. You said you like him as well. So uh, Doug Gim at 7,100. And let's look at some of his numbers. 23rd at the Sanderson. Wasn't great at Corrales, which, uh, you know, that that makes me uh, a little bit leery of him. But 14th at the Safeway. He was 18th at the 3M Open earlier this summer. Um, The guy can post some good numbers. 20th at the Puerto Rico Open back in February. So we're going back a little bit. He just doesn't play in that many PGA Tour events. I believe he's got – partial status right now we're still getting on some exemptions so um but he's a guy that should be motivated to get into a field like this because he's a guy that uh sort of needs to get some starts needs to earn some money and some points to start moving up those lists even though it's early in the season so uh pete there's our there's our team doug gim luke list doc redmond scott stallings johnny vegas aaron wise leaving 200 on the table what do you think of that i love it and i love this week for dfs and Make sure to pay attention to the weather. That's the sharpest, like that's the edge. And if it, if it really blows like that on a Friday afternoon, oh, I'm salivating already. It's just, it's all late Thursday. Stoked. The the tea time makers could, Huge gap. could do everything for us this week. I mean, when we see these tea times come out, it especially, I I'll, I will be licking my chops when I see too. the guys that I like. And you know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen like, oh, man, I picked out like these, the five guys are like my favorite guys in the field. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're on the wrong side of the draw and I don't want to take guys from that side. Oh, now what do I do? Works out perfectly when every once in a while you're like, the guys I really want to take are all on the right side of the draw. All right, let's go. What can go wrong? Yeah, I mean, and also you can be contrarian. If it, it, the weather's dynamic. You know, the wind is one thing that impacts every golfer and it impacts the PGA Tour players. So uh, you certainly want to account for it. It is a big edge, but you can't be contrarian if there's still guys that you like on the other side of the draw. And it just depends. I mean, if it's really extreme, then sometimes that just limits the player pool down. Like we've seen that at the at the Open Championship. So we're going to like blink and we're going to be talking about the Masters. It's two weeks away. 
I can't wait. Cannot wait for a fall Masters, the first one ever in November. I think it's going to be really fun. I've got the Southampton Bermuda weather on my app on my phone just staring at me for the next couple of days, and I'm waiting for all the updated forecasts. So uh, cannot wait. This is going to be a fun week. Um, They're all fun. And uh, for Peter Jennings, thanks so much. I'm Jason Sobel. You've been listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Good luck with all of your bets from the Bermuda Championship this week. Here's hoping you hit the green.